Hey friends, so it's springtime in our area of the woods. Anyhow, trees are blooming, flowers are blooming, and the homestead is getting busy with activity. So we just wanted to sit down and kind of tell you what's going on on our homestead, and maybe some of it can help you um, think of some ideas that'll help you on your homestead. So uh, check out this episode and let us know what you think. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Friends, it's Lacey and Drew. We are here today. We thought we would share a little bit about what we've got going on at the farm this season. Lots of kind of new things coming down the pipes and old things kind of coming to fruition. And, you know, it's exciting because it's, it's spring. springtime. Yeah, it's spring. Yeah, yeah so uh, we're kind of shifting gears and ready for the, the sun's been out. So, I mean, I think our whole mindset has shifted. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we did a good job this winter of taking our winter rest from mm, the homestead. But yeah. now... I was just thinking yesterday we were out in the garden. We've been out in the garden for like the past two days. As a family. As a family, nonstop. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking of it as kind of waking up the earth. The earth is waking up and we're kind of helping it mm-hmm. wake up. It's so exciting. The kids are thrilled. It's funny because people always ask, you know, what does your homeschool schedule look like? And basically we homeschool when the weather isn't nice enough to be outside. We literally threw the homeschool schedule out the window mm-hmm. in that we threw everybody outside. Yeah, literally. Literally. Uh, That's a funny one. (laughs) Anyway, so some things that we have going on, some big news on the farm. We got a fence put in, and it is a game changer, to be sure. We have done every kind of fencing you can imagine. We've installed our own fence, hard fence. We've We've had high tensile we've had we have mobile fence we rely on that mainly but we got a perimeter fence around our newer property where the schoolhouse is and it's incredible so for the homestead open house i'm doing a tour day fence is what i'm calling it <laughs> because we have we literally every like, like high tensile poly wire poly braid mm-hmm. yeah every kind <laughs> like i'm trying there's so many going yeah, through my yeah. head yeah, but super excited about the woven wire, woven permanent, wire, permanent right, yeah. fence now that we have. Yeah, and uh, we had somebody put it in this time, which is, uh, it was a major expense. It's so expensive but for, to put in fence, but it is going to, it's just, it sets the structure for our farm, and I feel like it makes it, legitimate isn't the right word, but there's something about it that just, it makes the property feel like we know what we're doing with it. Well, we've been talking about our holistic context, which is like our mm. vision for what the farm should look like. And this helps it fit into that. Yeah, that's another big deal that Drew has. He has recently done an intensive four-day program with the Savory Institute, learning more about holistic farming and regenerative farming. And he is going to be in a, what is it called? Accredited, Accredited professional. professional. So, so I'm like three quarters of the he's way He's like in that. school right now, sort yeah. of. But anyway, he just got back from that last week and it, he's just so inspired. And so we've been talking about all of that and I'm thinking about how it applies to our farm. We're going to have to do a separate podcast yeah, just for I that. I know. I was just thinking we, mm-hmm. we're going to have to. But anyway, fencing, that's huge. We've got greenhouse pieces here and they are ready to be installed. And so the greenhouse is going to be up near the farmhouse and 
or the schoolhouse. And we're just really excited about the potential that that brings to our property. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about like germinating seedlings, but then also cuttings. Oh, yeah. I, Lacey and I both kind of, we're little cutting stealers. Mm-hmm. Love going to like arboretums and things. No, no, no. You're not allowed plants. at arboretums, but. <laughs> yeah, we never do it at arboretums. No, but no. other places we do. <laughs> And um, just uh, seed starting those. So yeah. We'll have like a dedicated space other than just like our living room window. Yeah, and we're hoping to make that like open to the public hopefully next year at the latest. I mean, I think that, you know, we'll see how the season goes. But but I love getting people seedlings. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but that's an exciting one. What else? Moving mud. There's mud everywhere. Right. <laughs> so tromping through mud, getting muddy, the fencing getting that installed of course made it a lot muddier anyway but the rain seems to have stopped we we have a break right now we went from weather like england to (laughs) it was like two to three inches a day yeah so now like the net the 10 day forecast shows sun every day so that's exciting and a little scary because i always like i would plan on things still getting watered so now it's like okay you know, by the next week, we need to start thinking about all of our garden seedlings right. and how are they going to get watered. Yeah. So that's a little scary. Yeah, we have also been planting some trees. So uh, around the fence that we just had installed, we got some pears. Pears and, some and sour cherries. Sour che- Oh, I love sour cherries. And then also a couple of pomegranate. Yeah. So those are actually a little bit more bush-like, I guess. They're technically a tree maybe. I don't know what right. the the line is but when we were in israel they were more like just a big bush so we'll see but i think it's important like just planting perennial trees bushes every year a few every year so we kind of budget like a hundred dollars and then we usually spend about two hundred dollars <laughs> on trees every year well you have to think about cross-pollination right so yeah that makes sense you double it because you have to get two of everything right and you got to get to that free shipping mark you don't want to oh, be paying for sure yeah, yeah you don't yeah. want to be paying to ship oh because trees. trees are yeah they're bulky and yeah. yeah anyway so we planted some trees and and really thinking about setting up guilds there because you also want to plan for water there you want to plan for weeds and if you do that then you're just setting yourself up for more success so we're going to be moving some comfrey to the base of all those trees we've been putting co- compost around all of the trees that we already have you um, got to back up and explain mm-hmm. a guild a guild okay so guilds are a permaculture term and it's just where you look, you, you take a scenario out of the forest, basically, and you create it in a way that's just, it creates a harmony. So you have an ecosystem around your tree. So instead of just planting a tree and then, you know, having it grass up to it, you actually want to plant around it things that are going to nourish that plant, that tree, and grow harmoniously. So you think about the different layers. There's the first ground cover layer, and then you've got a second kind of higher layer, and then a third kind of in-between layer and a lot of times this works it just creates this symbiotic relationship where you can you know the tree is not going to create a ton of shade in the beginning so you could maybe have a blueberry bush right underneath it and then below that you can have uh, maybe some garlic growing that grows up taller and will help repel deer and that kind of thing and then maybe comfrey which is going to tap into the different nutrients in the soil and draw that up for the plant the tree itself and also create a ground, a living mulch, so that the, the grass isn't going to be taking over that tree. And then, you know, you can add in things like, what do we have in our guilds? I was going to say peppermint, peppermint stinging nettle. Nettles. Um, yeah, all these things that are going to yeah. suppress so you don't have to weed whack around your trees, but that you're actually going to be able to harvest around your trees, and it just grows this really beautiful kind of um, diversity, which is what you see when you go in nature, right? That's just how it works. Yeah, but, yeah. 
Um, so anyway, that's what a guild looks like. And anyone, I think, with a small square footage in their in their garden space, the guild is kind of the most, I think, I don't know, I really like it as a, as a means of using the space, even in a small, maybe urban environment. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, like, the other thing I wanted to say, moving away from guilds now, though, is that it when we initially started planting our orchard, we thought we took the approach of we didn't need water. So mm. we would plant these guilds and then, you know, it was all supposed to work out mm. where I want to bust that myth or at least for us in adding water, like a watering system has yeah. made a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, you know, at first we were thought, and there are, there's a lot of like places where this might make sense where you plant a thousand trees and only, you know, 10% of them are going to survive. We are not in a place where we can do that. So that would be a bigger tree budget. Right, right. (laughs) So anyway, we also, it's lambing season. So we hopefully have some lambs coming. It looks like we've got a couple of our ewes are pregnant, but you just never know until those things come out. Well, we we go with a wilding approach. We just started it back up this year. So meeting that the entire flock lives as a flock all year long with under the assumption basically that sheep know how to be sheep and we just need to let them be sheep so and they know better than humans so some people will separate their rams and then bring them in for a specific like breeding season and then everybody gets separated again and then you know when your lambs are coming you know when your lambs are coming some people separate you know calves or lambs from the mothers at a certain stage we let ours nurse all until they wean themselves which mm. gets a little bit ridiculous looking when the ram is <laughs> the size of the ewe and it's still trying to nurse the mom but you know, that's up to the mom, yeah. not up to us. So this year, we just, I guess 2020, we started that back up again. So we're kind of like, well, we'll see when... See when lambing see, season see, is. For see when rooms. lambing season but is. But we do have a couple of more uh, that we're adding to the flock, a different variety that is... Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast is yeah. supposed to be really acclimated to this area and do well in this environment. So we'll we'll see. I, I'm excited to add a little more diversity. I think the thing going back to it is like we might be creating a mutt sheep, but we're hopefully creating a sheep A land race. A land race. That's right. Like a sheep, the grim, the grim sheep, the one that is stout and and can thrive in its this environment here specifically on our land on so our property, yeah. yeah it's just you keep mo- mixing genetics and taking out bad genetics yeah and putting it in the freezer and then <laughs> uh you keep going on like that so that is what's happening on the farm we have got some more chickens got broilers coming uh, a friend of ours was downsizing oh, his chicken chickens. allotment and so we we bought 20 full-grown hens which is nice because we've upped our egg production like by well almost doubled it more than that yeah um, so it's been nice to have eggs again we are looking at getting some broilers and yeah i mean yeah it's just that time of year where things are kind of expanding it's time to start thinking about the bees and and planting wildflowers and and all kinds of things so yeah there's a lot going on yeah so if you got questions on you know what's going on with your homestead let us know if this was helpful at all please share it leave a review an awesome way to get questions answered quickly is if you leave a question in your review we'll for sure read that and uh answer it on another episode or maybe we'll just even email it to you but yeah yeah, that's it for now yeah we're thrilled you listen and hope this was helpful have a good one so it's march and we have some really exciting things going on and wanted to let you know about first of all we've got the homestead opening house which is i'm so excited about this 
It is just going to be a phenomenal amount of content talking about all things homesteading. So whether you're a novice or you have experience, you're going to get to hear from people all across the globe, over 20 speakers sharing what they do, how they make homesteading work for themselves. And there's, it's just going to be amazing. So, so, so much great content. I'm particularly excited about learning how to make Gouda. Uh, we're going to be learning how to gather seeds and harvest seeds and start seeds and um, just growing crops through the year, working with animals, just you name it, the topic is going to be covered. We cannot wait. On top of that, we have local, if you're local, if you're a small farmer or a homesteader, we do have a farming mastermind going on. We are meeting once a month and we would love to have you join us at that, at the schoolhouse. So if you're local, please check that out. We also have New Moon Teas, which are a phenomenal place for uh, women to connect and reflect and um, really just um, build some community. So we would love to have you check that out as well. And then lastly, whether you're local or not local, we have the Academy and the Flock that you can check out. Um, both we're really hoping are an opportunity for anyone, no matter where you are, to learn the ins and outs of homesteading. Uh, the Academy, we have a monthly Q&A, live Q&A, and a library of over 70 videos on everything you can imagine. You also get free access to the Homeschool Open House and the Homestead Open House and discounts on the local events. And I, we just think it's a really great way to build community and grow together. And um, you get the guidance from Drew and I directly. And on top of that, we have the flock. If you're looking for more hands-on, one-on-one kind of connection, um, that's an opportunity as well starting this month. So we wanted to make sure you know all about that. And then something I just added to the calendar that I couldn't be more thrilled about is a, a cleaning make and take. Um, I'm going to share all my secret recipes on how to make really inexpensive but effective cleaning products um, that are safe for your home, sustainable, but they also boost your immune system. And one thing that I'm adding this time that we've never done before is beeswax wraps. Those are things that you can use, cloth that you can use to wrap instead of like cellophane on your um, your foods and that kind of thing to store them in the fridge. And I'm really excited about that. So I hope that you'll check all of these things out and join us at some of them. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great March.